0: Hi, my name's Tony Rivera, and I'm the managing director of Azure Minerals. We're an ASX-listed company focused on advancing our nickel and copper sulphide deposit in the Western Australia towards production. Tony, good to meet you in
1: person. Yes, uh, ma'am. We had the interview uh, online a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago, and uh, we covered all the technical aspects, and uh, we kind of went deep into the geology. I, I, I believe some of your viewers uh, like yeah. the, the, the technical yes.
0: side of things. It was a very positive response to that interview it was good. because it was quite different. It was more technical and uh, people were pleased to get a bit of a uh, stronger technical understanding of the project. Good, 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 good. Yes. Right, but um, <coughs> here we are in London. We've got the beautiful weather,
1: um, British welcome. Um, and you're over here. Have you done any marketing
0: around it or have you just come for this week? Oh, We came last week for the one-to-one. Show one-to-one mining investment. And then um, we have this one, obviously the resourcing tomorrow with mines and money. In between, I went and had three or four days in sunny Scotland.
1: Oh, <laughs> more, more, more um, British
0: sunshine. It was actually good sunshine oh, really? up there. <laughs> the Scots have got it and the British English don't. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs>
1: Um, and so this is called Minds and Money, Resourcing Tomorrow. We know about the resourcing tomorrow. Um, is there any money? Have you have you met with people interested in buying
0: it? Yes, there are some people. I mean, it's only the first day of the conference, but already we've had uh, several people come to us and ask if there's opportunities for them to participate in financing of feasibility study or even further down the track construction.
1: That's it, it's it's good good to know because sometimes when you're walking around the floor, you don't. I mean, I I see so many old mates. You know, it's yeah. so it's, it's, it's it's quite hard to to see the people that aren't the mining companies in there.
0: Mm. No, there is definitely well, the people. There's two groups of people who are interested in talking to us about money. One of them is the the banks and the and the finance financiers themselves, and the others are <clears throat> active mining companies who are looking for the next project for their portfolio and they would like to um, participate in either at the project level or at the corporate level with us. And so we're fielding a number of inquiries.
1: From corporates?
0: Mm. Yes. Uh, That's interesting. It's been a torrid year
1: for the resources sector. Uh, You're not the only company that's uh, sitting on a down year. Um, Can you just kind of talk, the the, the glib answer, we were just kind of before the camera started rolling, was more uh, sellers than buyers. But can you just kind of talk about the anatomy of, Kind of a share price fall over the year,
0: I mean- uh, and part of it is 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 the post discovery, the, the euphoria of making a discovery when your share price skyrockets, and then it gets into the um, the more steady as you go reporting of results, and unless there's something uh, startlingly good, then people are saying, oh, this is more of the same, so they're looking to move on to the next greatest story with another company somewhere else. So, and it's very difficult to keep coming up with brand new discoveries all the time. So. Well,
1: you, you, so you're basically saying that while the envelope of new discoveries, then the envelope of mineralization is, is expanding, yeah. you capture the market's attention. But in a sense, the technical work, I and mean, when we were talking about it, you've got that kind of that corridor and then you've got that funnel that widens, yes. that widens out. In a sense, you've got lots of...
0: We exploration, do, but with the um, with the nickel exploration that we were doing and, and the uh, development studies, the scoping study we're doing, we're sort of in a in a bit of a hiatus at the moment. Um, all the results we're getting are more of the same. The, what had uh, a significant positive impact on our share price was the discovery of those uh, lithium rich pegmatites, in, in where, as you said, the funnel was opening up, and uh, <clears throat> that certainly um, jagged the uh, the market's interest and, and sent our share price up. But it's a it's a a bit of a sugar hit and it, uh, it, it came back down again after that. And I think that um, in some respects the market is, they know what to expect on the nickel and they're waiting to see what we get with the lithium.
1: Okay, interesting. Just on that, on that kind of the lithium <clears throat> nickel mix, um, you've got a really nice um, um, nickel asset. Um, you're now, you've got this, this lithium kind of opportunity there. Um, Lots of the Australian market, I mean, the Australian market is particularly hot on lithium. I'm seeing Canadian assets being pulled into the Australian market to kind of relaunch themselves as an Australian lithium play. Um, Are you, you know, how are you going to, what's the discussion at the board level? I mean, are you kind of resolutely, this is a nickel company, we've got a little bit of opportunity through lithium or what's that board Mm, conversation?
0: It's probably a bit more, (coughs) excuse me, it's probably a bit more, um, solid on the lithium front than that. I mean, yes, definitely that the nickel is very important to us. It is, it is by far and away the most advanced component of the portfolio that we've got. And so we will be pushing the Andover nickel project through the scoping studies into feasibility studies towards production absolutely as fast as we can. But the, we also recognize that the uh, lithium pegmatites at Andover give us uh, another opportunity to add a, a value, a valuable string to the bow. Mm. So we're not ignoring it. We are definitely putting some um, some efforts and manpower and some funding towards um, advancing our knowledge on the lithium as much as possible. But bear in mind, we've yet to drill a hole into these pegmatites. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of surface samples and we can certainly find a lot of pegmatites sticking out of the ground and they visually appear to have a lot of spodumene within them. Um, and certainly the early uh, grab samples we've taken confirm that. However, the, uh, the truth's in the drill bit. Have
1: you got a split, uh, kind of a mental split? I don't know if you've spoken about it at the board level in terms of the
0: exploration budget for next year or even the first half of this year, next year? Um, there is a split. I'd probably say that uh, probably two thirds would be looking at the nickel and advancing the nickel. Yeah. And probably one third would be going towards lithium now
1: higher risk, but potentially very high reward. Absolutely,
0: that's right. And as I said, we have yet to put a drill hole in there. We need to get uh, heritage approvals from the local traditional owners before okay. we can go out on the ground. Um, <clears throat> and, and just in terms of the outcrop wise, the the outcrop which hosts the nickel, the mafics and the ultramafic rocks is quite different from the outcrop of the pegmatites that host the lithium. And and because those outcrops um, present differently at surface, there are, potentially there could be difference um, different levels of importance to the local traditional owners, and we need to find that out.
1: Okay, so um, do you have an idea on kind of timeline what that's gonna reflect we've,
0: into? Yes, we've, we've, uh, uh, we are arranging currently a, a timing on doing a, a heritage survey with the traditional owners. We're hopeful of being able to get that done within the next two or three months, and then we'll be drilling as soon after that as we can. Providing you get the permission. It's true, but um, a lot of the areas where we looked at uh, these outcropping pegmatites are already well disturbed because there was some significant um, a level of artisanal mining that was done on them back in the 1950s and 1960s. But in fact, by some of the local Aboriginal groups. For? Tin, tantalum and emeralds. Right. So there's these these pegmatites have got some quite substantial um, Small scale, but artisanal type mining that's going on there. So they're well disturbed at the moment. So it's reasonable to expect that um, it's unlikely that there will be some significant cultural value to that. But we need to find that out by doing the surveys, follow the due process. Yes.
1: Um, and what about the the <clears throat> uh, the nickel? Because um, so you've got um, Andover next to it. You've got Ridgeline, and then yes. up the track you've got
0: Seaview C- and Skyline.
1: Seaview and Skyline. And then to the north you've got pipeline, is That's that right?
0: It. Yes, <laughs> And all of those, uh, certainly Seaview, Skyline, and uh, we've drilled quite a few holes into those two, Seaview and Skyline, and we've hit a lot of sulfides and they've, they're, they're nickel in those sulfides as well. So we, um, we need to do more work on those to, to, to bring them up to a, um, a level which we, we can contemplate doing a resource on them. Um, it, it, the geology on those two is a, is a little bit complicated. So we're trying, we drill a few holes, yeah. wait to get the results, go away, think about things for a while, and then send the rig back in for another go later, which is quite unlike what we did at the Andover deposit where the. It was very it, straightforward. It was literally <laughs> straightforward. It was a big blob of mineralization sitting there and it was, it was pretty easy to uh, step out and continue to hit.
1: And ridgeline's thinner, isn't it? Um, but it's also, it hangs together quite nicely. You've got yeah, some yes, sponging so shoots in there. Yeah,
0: there's, um, the overall ridge line mineralized zone is probably 350 meters long. Um, but within that, there's a couple of higher grade shoots, which would be um, probably 50 meters by, by, wide by well, 50 metres long, by maybe 20 metres wide. And they plunge towards the northwest. And and within those, there's massive sulphides. And those massive sulphides are nice high grade, sort of two to 3% nickel. So I think that Ridgeline, when we do get the resource back, and that's expected in, in January, I think that we'll see that uh, there's going to be some nice high grade parts to that resource. I don't expect the tonnes to be anywhere near as big as Andover, but it'll be a nice addition to the that Andover Ridgeline composite deposit. I had
1: in my mind about 10% of the tonnes.
0: I don't want to put a number to <laughs> it just yet. Thanks, Merlin. <laughs> I'll wait till January. OK.
1: <laughs> um, also, significant contribu- con, um, contributions to the um,
0: overall value from mm. copper and from cobalt as well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, I think overall, broadly speaking, you're going to say 80% of the value will be in the nickel, okay. Okay, 15% copper and 5% cobalt. Okay. But it's, so it's a nickel deposit with, with, with the screener. credits. Yeah.
1: Good. And, um, th- th- so the plan for next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, have we done enough looking back at t- 2022? Is, um, uh, let- let's, yeah. let's stick with that. Let's just stick with 2022 and the market. Um, have you seen any signs of life from the, Retail investor or the institutional investor looking for nickel assets, you know, is it, or does that seem to be
0: kind of still quiet? It's quiet from the retail side. I think the uh, the retail side see the headline that says lithium, and they all pile into the lithium stocks. Um, they don't see nickel in the headline, but we all know that nickel and copper are going to be needed in in ever greater quantities going forward. Yeah. So, uh, the people that are potentially more knowledgeable or have a longer term view point they're, they're still very much interested in the nickel side of things. And, and this isn't just the, uh, the, the bankers, it means the corporates as well. The big players uh, are all looking to increase their exposure to nickel.
1: And you've got um, a series of kind of quite large shareholders, including the Creasy Group. Um, and
0: Deutsche Balaton, the German. De- Deutsche and Yes. And, the, and both of those two large ones have been very supportive in the past and, and say that they're gonna be so going into the future as well, which is good.
1: Good. Um, so then let's look into 2023. Yep. Uh, and what are the kind of the main blocks of work? And we've you've touched on the mineral resource for uh, Ridgeline that's coming out almost out of the gate in the new year, isn't it? Is that the first yes. thing?
0: Yeah, so the, the resource for Ridgeline <clears throat> will be in January, announced in January. The um, The drilling's all completed the uh the The assays have all been received. The modeling has been done, and is now off with the uh, the independent consultants for them to 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 put it all together and to give us the the final resource um, Having said that uh, the mineralization of those high grade shoots at Ridgeline still remains very much open at depth i mean it's probably one of our very best drill intersections is uh, which we announced last week is fourteen meters at two and a half percent nickel is the deepest hole that we've got in the, in the body. And it's so it shows that it's still wide and, and good grade at depth. So there'd be potential to make Bridgeline larger with more drilling in the future. But in the meantime, we want to put out an interim resource on it so that we can include it into a scoping study, which is the next cab off the rank. So once we get the resource out from Ridgeline, it will be joined in the scoping study with the Andover resource, which is already in there.
1: And that resource goes down to about 500 metres, is that yep, right?
0: that's right, yeah. And so we will have a scoping study or a PEA that's going to come out in, hopefully by the end of the first quarter of next year, of 2023. Okay, so hot on the heels. Yes, that's it. And it will include um, all of the comp- usual components that you get in these types of studies of metallurgy and mine planning and um, geotechnical studies, environment studies, all those things. All of those components will be included into the scoping study for both uh, Andover and Ridgeline. And so it's likely that we will put together a a common Mine plan where yeah. it's a, a, it will be conjoined, if you like, a single entrance which can then uh, turn left and right and exploit both Andover and so Ridgeline. Turn. Um, so it to, comes to, to, in from to, to possibly- the east to the east yes. to Andover and to the west. Correct. To- yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um, and with, with that um, with that scoping study comes out, um, <clears throat> it will have um, financial metrics within it. So yeah. we'll be able to announce to the public what what uh, we what the results of that which would indicate yes it's positive and we're going forward or no it's not positive and we're not going forward whatever the the outcome is if the um if the outcome of the study is a positive number a positive outcome then we would be looking to accelerate our the next stage of of the development studies which would mean going straight for a full feasibility study potentially not doing a pfs so i think andover project lends itself in terms of its size and its, its um, compactness to doing two studies into development rather and than three. Is
1: that because you've already drilled it out to um, indicated? Yes. So you've got the yep. drill density and also the is it the, the geometry of the ore body is sufficiently um, uniform, not uniform, but kind of contained. It's very consistent. Consistent. Yeah, Thank you. Um,
0: that you can, it's pretty obvious how it's going to be mined. Yes, it is. And, and the mine planning has is, is gone down that road and has developed that. The um, the next thing uh, stage of the mine planning is, okay, so in that's turning east to develop Andover. We, let's turn west and develop Ridgeline. Ridgeline is, without predicting things too much, I, I, I expect that it's going to be mostly or all, it's going to be inferred. So, um, however, we can still put a mine plan to it because the, uh, our knowledge of the of the shape of the mineralized shoots is 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 quite strong, so we'll be able to put together a, a mine plan for that as well.
1: You can for a PEA or yes. a, or a scoping
0: study, but yes. obviously if you're going to go for a more advanced study, you've got to have measured and indicated. Correct. It. So, so which to- would mean more drilling into ridge line and yeah. and which will not only internally within it to upgrade it from in, inferred to indicated, but uh, also probably deeper so that we can add some more tons to it and as time goes by. So it uh, we want to put all of that together, but The Andover deposit itself, 4.6 million tonnes is the total resource. 3.8 million tonnes is in the indicated category. And it's not scattered. It's actually a very confined block of mineralisation that is incredibly consistent in terms of its width and its grade across. So um, let's say you've said uh, scoping study end of Q1. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: And then if you go into the most advanced study you can do, whether that's a let's call it a feasibility study, are you yeah. looking at a 12-month or 18-month timeline? Oh, I would ballpark
0: 18 months towards the end of 2024.
1: And that's because of um, long lead items such as baseline studies,
0: environmentals? That's um, the key. That's the key. It's it's not the the resources and it's not the mine planning. It's, it's, it's your baseline environmental surveys that need to be done. And where we're operating, <clears throat> you're looking at a, a minimum two to three-year period of, of, for doing these studies. It not, obviously started we've already. completed one year now. Yeah. And so we've probably got one, you know, another one to two years that we have to do. And so you need wet season, dry season, or, or winter, summer type studies to be done. But, um, the, the studies that we've, we've, or the results of the studies that we've done so far on the environmental side, um, has come back quite positive. There's nothing that untoward that's been found. We haven't found any rare little species that lives there. Everything that's there is as expected. Um, of course, there are, Innumerable, um, components within those environmental studies that we need to, to make sure we do properly and, and tick those boxes. And it's, you know, uh, this sort of fauna and this sort of fauna and flora yeah. and, and bugs that live in the ground. Yeah, there's like no, there are no shortcuts. Not, not, not anymore. No. However, having said that, you know, that the, um, the governments, both state and federal in Australia are very strong in promoting that mining is necessary to, um, advance our, our challenge, uh, fight against the challenge of climate change. So this is your environment versus climate debate yeah. that is going to be taking place. But certainly the, the governments and the bureaucracies have been very positive in saying that mining is important and they will support it um, without taking shortcuts, doing the job properly and making sure that we have a, a, a very robust and, and sensible um, development decision.
1: I was just kind of going around in my head, the environment versus climate. It, surely it's climate versus climate or environment versus environment. I mean, you can get into a, you can get into a circular argument quite well, quickly. And on
0: that. With that, we're getting off the subject of Andover yeah. and Azure right at the moment. But um, if you, if you want to have bat- battery powered cars, for example, and you need, need lithium, but you don't want that lithium mine to be built next to your house, then that's the, the yeah. challenge that uh, the people are going to have to face. The modern conundrum, mm-hmm. conundrum that's facing a lot of um, people. Yes, very much so. Yeah.
1: Um, good. So um, 2023 has got the feasibility, sorry, the the, the, um, the Ridgeline resource, yeah. then the scoping study for the combined Andover Ridgeline, yeah. and then you're straight into the ongoing study. Meanwhile, in parallel to that, you've got, let's say, one third of your budget or a quarter to a third of your budget, which is being allocated to the lithium. Yeah. You've got the... Um, uh, the heritage surveys um, yes. to go on, and then perhaps in Q2,
0: you'll be able to start on the groundwork. Yeah, well, if we and take a one step back or half a step back from that and, and saying as as part of the nickel focus strategy, not only are we doing the, the resource for Ridgeline and the, and the scoping study, and then moving into a feasibility study, we need to continue drilling. We've got exploration drilling at Seaview and Skyline and Pipeline that needs to continue. We've got innumerable other targets that need to be drill tested as well. Um, we need to put the rigs back into um, Andover and uh, Ridgeline to be able to do um, more detailed internal drilling, In- infill, infill as drilling. well as some extensions. Exactly yeah so we've got a lot of work that's nickel focused which includes a lot of drilling. Yeah. Having said that we also want to be doing some work on the lithium so as soon as we have completed the heritage surveys and we've received the uh, requisite approvals, where we'll be putting a drill rig out there to test those pegmatites that we can. So I'm hopeful, and we'll be drilling on the lithium targets in the first quarter of next year. Um, and it could well be that we'll have um, two different teams operating on the same yeah. project area. You know, yeah. one one's a nickel team and one's a lithium team. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's, it's going to be a very busy year next year, I bet. And um, when,
1: in terms of the the marketing mm, yeah. uh, you're going to be obviously driven by news flow and trying to catch a wave trying to catch catch <laughs> paddling like that, just trying to catch that yeah. uh, that wave of interest um are you going to spend a lot of time on the corporates. Uh, is that where you think the next tranche of money comes from or are you going to keep plugging away <clears> with, the, um, with the retail
0: and the institutions and just hope that one of these days they'll start listening? Um, well, it's probably a bit of a combination of all of the above. But, but firstly, at the end of the last quarter, we announced that we had $8.9 million still in, in the bank. And uh, so and we're, and we're spending on average over the last year probably about a million a month. So that, that gives you an indication as to what we our runway ahead of us as yeah. expenditure goes. But we also sold our Mexican assets. Um, we announced that back in July and in a two-tranche transaction. And the first tranche involved that the Canadian junior paying us $4 million, which they've done. And this is Bendito Resources. And they're looking to list on the TSX Venture Exchange in, they're hopeful in the first quarter of next year, once they're successful at their listing, then they're, they are um, required. Uh, the second tranche of the payment has to be made, and that's another six million Australian okay. dollars. So, um, if they're successful, well, it's, hopefully they are, and uh, they'll be paying us another six million, which adds to our our funding at that stage. But we'll also be looking to go out to raise some more money because feasibility studies and drilling for whether it be for nickel or lithium is it's expensive, and so we'll need to raise some more money because we want to push. And over forward as quickly as we can to a uh, uh, get to that decision to mine point of view, a, a final investment decision to actually into building a mine would be really great if we could do that say two, between two and three years from now, and to do that, we need funding, and so we'll be looking to, for the right place. But as I said earlier, you know we're getting um, knocks on the door from various parties uh, wanting to talk to us about uh, uh, funding us, accessing. Accessing offtake, yeah, you know, project or offtake or co- concentrates, all those sorts of things. So, we need to talk to to those and then work out the best way, corporately, to go forward. That's why the scoping study or the PEA is so, such a critical document. Absolutely, because it yes.
1: benchmarks you next to peers and you can start yeah. some, um, kind of uh, looking at comparative, um, comparable comparable valuations and, yes. and yes. Uh, relative
0: cheapness versus expensiveness. That's right, and I think that. Oh, my gut feel at the moment is, is that the scoping study is going to give us a positive outcome. And certainly with the, just the shape of the Andover deposit lends itself to a relatively inexpensive underground mining techniques. Yeah. So that's, that's a positive. And of course you've got the nickel price, which is consistently sitting in the mid 20,000s, yeah. you know, 10, 11, $12 a pound. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's very strong. And if it stays in above $20,000 a ton, then it makes Andover look very attractive. It's a ripper. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, well, on
1: that note, um, yeah. good luck for next year. Thank you very much for coming in. Um, Thanks, Mellon. Um I hope you enjoy the, the continued uh, stay here in the UK yes. and then um, get a good flight back to, um, back back to home. Back home and,
0: and get stuck back into it out
1: back there. Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Mellon.